Hello and welcome into In the Pocket Across the Pond. Week four's done, let's move on to week five. We'll tell you a little bit about our experience at the London game this week, the best and worst jerseys that we saw, then we'll dive straight into all the action that happened in week four. Teams doing really bad, the Giants and the Bengals. Teams doing really good, the Texans and the 49ers. We'll talk to you about who busted, we'll talk to you about the players that did really well the guys who we think are going to be heading to the booth, as Alex likes to say, all the injury updates, all the players coming off the pub list, and then, as always, we'll give you our waiver wire picks and the players we think you should be starting this week who are going to beat their projection. I'm Lewis, I'm joined by Alex Brindle and Alex Sharples. This is In The Pocket Across The Pond. So Al, me and you this week, went to the London game. London! Uh, Falcons at the Jaguars, Wembley Stadium. Uh, yeah. Not the, not the best felt, game. Yeah, I felt like I was in Duval County. <laughs> yeah, a lot of American people I thought. Obviously, a lot more people than I anticipated that obviously have made the trip over from... Duval County. And what a game it was. And what a game it was. Um, I mean, amazing atmosphere. I thought it was really great. Yeah, joking uh, aside, yeah, it was great. Game-wise, and and the the main sort of uh, plays were right in front of us. The Ridley touchdown and the Drake London not touchdown were right in front of us. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. We got off pretty sharpish somehow. We, we parked in uh, Harrow. Area of, in Harrow, in an area of London which no one else seemed to park. We, we at Sharples, it was funny. We were like walking towards the train station outside Wembley with like 80,000 people. And then it was almost like a cartoon where 84,999 people, yeah. 990. Seven people turned right, and Milus and Adam turned left. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, so if anyone's, so if anyone's listening who went to the London Games and is going to more um, next year at Wembley, park in Harrow because Parking we Harrow. were in and out really easily and I thought the whole experience in terms of like the fan and the community of it all and all the things that were on I never once thought oh god this is a big queue or oh god this no. is boring or oh, I don't really want to do this I, I thought it was a really great day yeah it was good and like like you say like I think we got it wasn't the most eventful of games but we saw a lot of stuff we saw a really good touchdown catch we saw a pick six we saw you know, Drake London's almost touchdown in the end zone where we, you know, you saw his foot just quite. It was a solid game. I mean, I've got some notes. The amazing touchdown view. We were in that corner of the end zone that Calvin Ridley caught his touchdown in, and it was like slow motion. You saw Calvin, especially I got Calvin Ridley on a couple of my fantasy teams, and you could see him in the end zone waiting yeah, for the ball, yeah. and the ball's coming over it like in slow motion. You're like holding your breath. That was really great. I, uh, I, I heard Kyle Pitts played, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, mu- I must have blinked um, yeah. because I, yeah, I didn't completely um, missed it. Yeah. I thought Bijan Robinson was fantastic. He was really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. And uh, another note was that they're all huge. All these people, the players. Are, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't. Who did we see warming up? Uh, I, I, Josh, Josh Allen. It was Josh Allen. You know the, jo- the yeah. defensive Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. 
I you, thought, you listen, listen, Absolutely listen you don't, obviously the, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, these are the guys who you think look look massive, and they did, but I thought Trevor Lawrence was yeah. huge. Big guy. Like, yeah, there's, really there's big guy. There's a weight, there's like you were saying, Lou. There's well, a weight the to tackling. everything, yeah. There's a weight to everything they do, not just tackling, but just throwing the ball It looks well. like they're doing everything in slow motion, because yeah. obviously you've got the weight of of the pads on them and they're all so big it actually looks like you're watching them in slow motion a little yeah. bit but really entertaining I thought weirdly like I don't know whether this is you know like I don't know somewhat weird to do with you know when you watch it on TV but I thought the 30 second timeouts feel so much longer when you're watching it on TV and it cuts to adverts well that's, the 30 because, seconds, yeah. but that's because when you watch it on TV you don't get to watch a kiss cam kiss or a cam. beard cam or get a t-shirt <laughs> shot at you yeah yeah I just thought the timeouts went like that but it was really fun one of the funniest parts of the day as well though was spotting all of the jerseys yeah you know our brother had his classic Tony Romo jersey on from about 15 years ago you had CD Lamb, uh, CD Lamb the white Cowboys one I had no one else had this jersey I had the for a reason <laughs> <laughs> I had the classic 60th anniversary long sleeve Cowboys uh, sort of blue throwback jersey with Aikman on the on the back of it Aikman would not have worn that it would have been you know maybe Roger Starback who wore that but um, yeah no one had that, but it was interesting seeing the jerseys. Speaking of Aikman, Dickman, because it's a it's a it's a stat which I didn't realise. I know only found <laughs> out the extent of it last week. I'm just going to see if Sharples knows the Hall of Fame three time Super Bowl, six time Pro Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, Troy Aikman Sharples. Do you do you want to hazard a guess of what his touchdown to interception uh, interceptions were in his NFL career? In his career. Oh God! Like the ratio, the ratio. The ratio. Think of, think about what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that. How long was he playing for? Um, Troy Aikman played for ooh a good eleven years. Yeah. Um, and but I'm talking about a, a six-time Pro Bowler. I'm talking about a three-time Super Bowl champion. What ratio touchdown to interception do you think it is? I feel like you, it's a trick question. He's going to be uh, one to two. Like you threw more interceptions than touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. It's about a one for one. It's one six five <laughs> touchdowns, one four one interceptions, which is absurd. That's like um, that, it, it makes you it makes you buy into when people say like if Matt Stafford was on the Cowboys in the nineties, they would have. But, but as well, it was a different game as well. It was a I different mean, game. I mean, like, I'm not saying is, Troy Aikman isn't a Hall of Fame. No, exactly. It's a different. Like, you, you do. Like, you, you have you have those guys back in those days like Marino who would fit to today's game really well. Oh, yeah. Aikman might not. Mm. You know? He'd, he'd be one of those sort of like game manager guys like that Prescott. <laughs> I mean, Matt, he certainly managed the hell out of that game yesterday. <laughs> the other day, sorry. Yeah. But we'll get into that one with Sheffield. But yeah, the um a fun little thing that we that we that we sort of like realised was all the jerseys there. Um I noticed very few, very few Browns, very few Ravens, hardly any Raiders, Panthers, Titans. I didn't see an incredible amount of Cowboys ones. I think the least amount of jerseys was the Saints. Saints, I think we so, saw yeah. maybe one Saints yeah. jersey. Um, lots of Dolphins jerseys. Obviously, oh, yeah. obviously, lots of Falcons and Jags. But that goes away to say. But lots of Dolphins. I thought. But we thought it'd be fun just to tell you the best and worst jerseys yeah. that we saw. Start with the best. I mean. Someone had one of those off-white Rams jerseys that they were now with Aaron Donald on the back, and I thought that one looked really cool. Um, the Royal Blue Seahawks throwback one from this year looks great. 
Um, and that like that sort of lighter green Philadelphia classic one. Someone had like Jalen Hurts with one of them on the back. And shout out to the few people that had Trevor Lawrence Clemson jerseys on. Yeah. They were cool. What about you, Al? What did you think? Well, it was clearly the uh, the bright orange Bobby Boucher uh, Waterboy jersey. <laughs> From playing in the Bourbon Bowl, I can't remember. Was it Mud Dogs <laughs> that we played for? Yeah. Um, seeing that once, it was like, oh my, oh my god, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And then you'd see it about two or three more times, and it felt a little bit special, less special. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, a few people, but yeah, I, I did think that was the uh, the best jersey. I thought that was just great. Yeah. Well, there were some nice ones. There were some some bad ones. I got two some for your chapels. Mm-hmm. There was I saw two people in this jersey, and it was it wasn't bad. It was sad. I saw two people in an Aaron Rodgers Jets jersey, mm. um, and that was just sad. Really, that was sad. Start with the player on this next one. This was consensus worst. This jersey. was consensus worst because this was um, yeah. And it just worked. I'll just say it all in one chat. This, this was a thing. We stood just, behind. Just say the name and then leave a, leave a pause because that's a bit of an enigma. Because if you just said the name, then okay. Sharples will think, well, how can that be the worst jersey? Okay, okay. This guy was in front of us at the bar at this place we went to. Cam Newton. Right. Patriots. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, ob- he's obviously got overzealous just as Newton signed, similar to probably what I was feeling when Rogers went to the Jets. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Cam, I mean, the Rogers Jets one is sad, but it's like he's, he's going to play at some mm-hmm. point, probably next week or something, according to his recovery <laughs> schedule. Um, but the the Newton Patriots one was unforgivable, really. Yeah, what was he playing at? <laughs> oh, good times, though. Good times in foggy London town. Yes. Well, speaking of the games from this week, though, lads, we've done the London game. We said that the, the match itself was fine. I was really happy watching Red Zone this week. It felt like Red Zone again. There was touchdowns being scored pretty freely. It felt like Red Zone because there was multiple teams in the Red Zone, like constantly. So um, I thought it was just a really good weekend of football. Uh, Some tight games, some good comebacks. I want to speak about the game of the weekend. I want to speak about the Dolphins 20 48 Bills. What a statement. Both teams started off great, but then one defence decided to show up, didn't they, Sharples? Yeah, I mean, um, unbelievable match. I think we all knew it was it was going to be. Um, this, I mean, the I think it was the first five opening drives as well. It was something... I mean, yeah. everyone was a touchdown. Yeah. It was like seven plays, 70 yards, eight plays, 80 yards. I mean, it, it was unbelievable shootout. And then, like you say, it goes into half-time, thinking, oh, let's have more of the same, please. But... Unfortunately, the Bills' defense. Remember that they were the Bills' defense. Um, Stefan Diggs, mm. absolutely unbelievable three touchdown performance. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think obviously week one against the Jets, people were so low on the Bills, but you know they've been slowly winning every game now, and this is the sort of big statement win to to get people back on the bandwagon. They they look great, and and the Dolphins didn't look bad. It's just second half, uh, Bills just blew them away. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it was never going to be another Dolphins blowout, but I think that the shock was how easy it sort of looked for the Bills. They sort of put the Dolphins back in the place, really. Sort of, yeah. You, you saw why you know the the odds makers were were still favouring the Bills. Really, like it's an incredibly hard place to go and play as well. Like you can't you can't get sort of more opposite than the home field in. 
Miami to home field in Buffalo, but mm-hmm. which is ridiculous considering they're in the same division. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they sort of put the Dolphins in the place a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's to me that idea of this one team that's been good for a number of years. Uh, so the kind of seasoned that being the Bills and the kind of new kid on the block Dolphins. Um, I still think it's a coin toss if they play in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, I think the Bills' experience playing at that sort of level uh, definitely came in handy this weekend. Uh, on the other side of the coin, though, in terms of form, Bengals losing, completely getting blown out by the Titans, who we, who, us and everyone, has been real, really sceptical about this year. Seriously, then, what what's happening here with the Bengals? Is, is the offence just too simple, Lou? Listen... The Titans have, like, I know the Titans are pretty, you know, pass-funnel defence, really, which was a shock when the Bengals couldn't pass on them. But they got a pretty all right defensive front, the Titans, and that was taken advantage of because I don't understand this off-season, the Bengals restructured the offensive line, they signed the most sought-after offensive lineman in Orlando Brown. Like yet, for the second off-season yet, in a row. yeah. Yet the the same old problems in pass protection are occurring, and Joe Burrow's running for his life. And so I think it's a mixture of the pass protection being shocking, and Joe Burrow still not being fully healthy. So he's obviously suffering from the calf strain. He can't the mobility isn't there to move in and around the pocket. So you're seeing him getting sacked three, four times a game, not being able to get the ball out. I also, you know, the Bengals' offense has been pretty boring for a few years but Joe Burrow is that good Jamar Chase is that good T Higgins is that good that it's worked anyway but when you don't have these impressive schemes like you know like Andy Reid can can sort of draw up like the Dolphins the Bills can draw up when you have a head coach in um Zach what's his name the you know the the Bengals head coach who isn't you know a great Zach Taylor isn't um, I don't think he's one of the better head coaches in the league. And then when you can't rely on your studs like Joe Burrow because they're hampered and because they're being killed every game, this is what happens. You you look crap. Mm. Uh, yeah, Sharples, do you want to unpack this one as well in terms of what's happening with the Bengals this year? I mean, it, it's tough. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't do it in any better detail than, than Lou just did, but I think ultimately it just comes down to Burrow's not himself, whether it's a series of knocks he's getting, or whether it's still that long-term lingering calf injury that he had, he, and he, he's not—he's not the—he's not the player that he was last year. He's not back to his best, and it, it's just—it's a bit of a ripple effect. I still don't fully understand why they're not using Joe Mixon more. Um, I know there was mm-hmm. some sort of contract rumblings and things like that going on at the start of the season, but he's there now. You've got him. Use him. I mean, I think he's been getting sort of between ten and fifteen carries a game, just not. Again, not in that role that he was there last year, and I don't fully understand why. I'm, I think it's getting to the point where I know we've been saying for the past few weeks, oh, you know, uh, buy low on the Bengals' offense, and and they're gonna come good. It's starting to get so it's like, well, we're getting towards week week five now. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I know we did that yeah, towards week five, and at the end of the day, if you have if you have a Joe Burrow, uh, a Joe Mixon, a T Higgins, a Jamar Chase on your fantasy team, you probably got a losing record at the minute. You have. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, I would. I know we did the whole panic button thing last week, and I was like, yeah, 
three, four, whatever. Um, I was bluffing because I thought they were going to do good this week. I would... Jamar Chase, you're playing Jamar Chase. You you are playing Jamar Chase. He is a stud. He's going to be decent no matter what happens. I think you, you, you have to bench Joe Burrow for the foreseeable future until you see something. If that means you miss... The, the the comeback game, so be it. I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm benching Joe Burrow everywhere yeah. if I've if I've got him. Yeah, me too. Me too, to be honest with you. Um strange. I'm not dropping him. I'm not dropping no, him. Of course not. I'm benching him, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah. I mean elsewhere I, apart from that Bengals game and with the form of the Bengals you could have bet on the Titans for maybe the first week ever that I've been watching the NFL I think all the games, albeit they got to the final results in different ways, I think all the teams you expected to win won this week. And and I'm including the Buccaneers in that because I expected them to beat the Saints. I, I, I think all the teams expected to win won this week. Um, which, of course, uh, Bengals game, the hype and the being Bengals are playing awful at the minute. But yeah. Mm. So, um, but... That looks pretty straightforward, but the games themselves, not straightforward whatsoever. Um, first of all, how about those rookie quarterbacks, by the way? Mm-hmm. Stroud playing great in, in a really good Texans win and Richardson leading the Colts to almostly, almost a, gr- a great comeback against the Rams. I, I mean, I think both of these plays are great. I, I'm a huge fan of Andy Richardson. Did you see the video of, of him uh, just without a run-up, just stood still? Flicking his wrist and the ball yeah, travels about yeah. 40, 50 yards. Yeah. Sharples, I'll send it you in a bit. It's it's crazy. Um, I just think Stroud's uber talented, and he's clearly what the Texans needed. But but Richardson, the, that's lightning in a bottle there. That he really is, and he looks like a leader, and he looks super clutch as well. Again, not that Stroud doesn't look any of these things either. And it's strange that I'm gushing over Richardson more than Crow, more than Stroud when. Um, when the Colts lost, but I just thought that second half for the Colts was really impressive. Um, yeah, I think these two rookie quarterbacks should be on your team, and Anthony Richardson should be started every week in fantasy. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, like that game was done. Yeah, I was. Like, I don't I, know. At halftime, I was. I, I'd, I'd thought I'd been Justin Fields. Should we call it because he he's been awful, and then all of a sudden he had an amazing fantasy performance. But then by every when everything was said and done, Richardson, uh, you thought you had a you, you thought you were going to have a field day. I thought I was going to have a field. That's day. what we're going to call it when a quarterback does awful, specifically Justin Fields. Yeah, we're having a field day every week. Um, I thought there were some real statement wins though this week, lads. Cowboys, yeehaw. Lions, Ravens, Bucks, 49ers, Seahawks absolutely trouncing the Giants. Um, the Giants are terrible. Uh, but also some strangely close games with the Eagles, Vikings, Broncos, Chargers and Chiefs coming through with uh, with wins, uh, many of which come from behind. Um, the Chiefs, speaking of Swifties, uh, <laughs> me... It's time for me to complain about DeAndre Swift's okay, utilisation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go in, into much detail. but The DeAndre, annual segment. The annual segment. I'm a Swifty, what can I say? Um, I saw, just side note, and on you know on the off chance, on the the minuscule 0.0001% chance that this 
person who's listening to the podcast, sorry, but I saw two people in front of us, one wearing a DeAndre Swift Detroit jersey mm-hmm. and one wearing a Kansas City Travis Kelsey jersey and they got the friend to take a picture of them with their arms like around each other from the from like the back so they could see the jerseys and he put it on his Instagram story as I was looking over his shoulder at halftime. <laughs> uh, he put it on his Instagram story and he put the real Kelsey Swift love story. Which I thought was pretty cringe. But that, um, that, that, but that joke that joke has been made about Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Swift. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, whatever. So he stole the joke, and it was cringe. Yes, um, but yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, Swift had a really amazing first quarter of the game. He was finding holes again. Uh, he scored a touchdown, and then they seemed to stop using him which I'll never get my head around. You're playing DeAndre Swift. The last few weeks has shown you that much. But uh, again, the usage of DeAndre Swift is a bit baffling for fantasy. Um, but lads, any standout games for you this week of the ones I've just ran through really quickly? Um, After you, I, I, Shackles. I thought it was a big uh, statement win for the Lions, to be fair, um, in, mm. in division game and, and quite comfortable, uh, sort of, you know, no... Um, no messing around there and I also a team that's been unconvincing for me this season but again a big um, statement in division women's the Ravens and how they beat the Browns obviously holding them to three points it's the kind of win I think they needed to sort of really get it kickstarted. Mm. and so let's see if we can push on from there um, but yeah two two in division games and two two pretty sizable wins who knew all it took for the Ravens to get going was facing a rookie quarterback who was terrified um, I do think that Browns defense may not be as good as people thought they were, though. I think they had uh, some very nice matchups, nice rainy matchups. Yes, I listen. Like you know, we, we spoke about the games. You know, Cowboys. Yeehaw. Yeah. My favorite moment of the weekend. Shout out to the Panthers cornerback um, Deshaun Jameson, um, who. Ran faster than I've ever seen anyone run after Kirk Cousins threw an interception for a pick six <laughs> in order to supply his fellow cornerback with a lead block so that he could run in um, to the end zone. That lead block was on Kirk Cousins. He completely laid Cousins out. I saw a video that was like, shout out to 2-9 for running faster than I've ever seen anyone run just so he could absolutely run Kirk Cousins over. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? If you're one of these cornerbacks... If you, it, it, like... You understand it. It's like you get penalised so much for hitting these quarterbacks. It's like, no, no, this is the one time where yeah. you can just completely lay the guy. That was amazing. That was the best the best moment of the week yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, was it good enough to be your impressive victory, Lou? <laughs> that, well, that, that one... Uh, well, it wouldn't actually because they ended up losing. Perhaps they ended up losing. Mm-hmm. It was a moral victory for him yeah. and old Kirk Cousins yeah. haters my, like my... yourself. But who did you impress? <sighs> my impressive victory, it's a team from Texas. Yeah! It's the Houston Texans. Yeah. Because I just think that that team looks decent. That quarterback looks completely legit. Really? CJ Stroud, I was as impressive as our Cowboys were handing Bill Belichick his largest loss of his career um, the Texans looked great. Yeah. So, um, Shapples? Uh, i got to go for the Bills, stifling that um, historic yeah. offence from, from last week. Uh, yeah, big win. Big win for the Bills. 
Yeah, I think there were so many impressive victories this week. Um, I've, however, got to go for um, one of the 4 and all teams. And the Eagles look like they're going to lose. So I'm going to go the 49ers. I, I still, not for a second of football this season, thought that the 49ers were in any danger of losing a game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're just churning them out. And, yeah, it was... Obviously, Bills was a great win. Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, really good wins. But the 49ers, you hate to admit it as a Cowboys fan, especially since we're playing them uh, next week, I believe. This, this, next this, week. Couple this week coming um, But the 49ers look a different class at the moment, I'm afraid. Um, but what about the not buying it win? Again, a tough one because I think all the good teams won this week. But, Lou, have you got a not buying it win? Yeah, well, it, this was just like these next two categories were just decided in the same game. It was whoever won the game and whoever lost the toilet bowl. So they're not buying it. Had to be the Broncos because they won the toilet bowl. Sharples, uh, I've gone for the Titans. Um, just yeah, beating a beleaguered Bengals team isn't that impressive to me. And I feel like everything went right for them, and they still didn't put that many points up. So yeah, mm. that. I can't believe I picked them to top to top their uh, division at the start of the season because they look terrible. Mm. Mm. And just to mix it up, I'm going to go with the Vikings because uh, they started 0-3 and, okay, they've got this win, but I I don't think anyone should be getting carried away about the Vikings. I don't think this tells us that they're going to ride the ship or that they're going to be anything like they were last year. So based on that, I, I suppose I'm not buying the Vikings this season. Mm. And the worst team in the league, then Lou. That means uh, that means they should be having a field day. They're all having a field day every single week. It's the Bears. Sharples. Uh, I knew it was going to be a New York team. I just didn't know which one. Uh, but the Jets actually mm. had a relatively spirited performance against the Chiefs. Uh, so it's the lackluster Giants. Ah, I yeah, I, I, I've written yeah. Burrs and Broncos and in brackets or Bengals question mark or Giants question mark. Um Giants are bad. The Giants are really bad. Mm. Um And they've did they pay know. Daniel Jones? Have they paid him? Yeah. Listen, no we take we, we, we spoke we, I'm pretty sure on this podcast we spoke in the off season about how stupid that Daniel Jones contract was forty million over four years, hundred and sixty. You'd like to think, um, you'd like to because think you'd seen you'd seen nothing from him to warrant that money. Top ten, you know, paid quarterback in the league. I just, yeah, I mean, it. It's funny how, how much you know Giants fans, Giants organization, how quickly you can regret a decision. And Daniel Jones is making that regret come faster and faster for that organization. If yeah, if he was to be traded with another underperforming quarterback with a massive contract, who would be in a better position, the Giants with Russell Wilson or the Denver Broncos with Daniel Jones? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh my days! Oh, just, that's just two parallel universes that, is, that no one wants to go. To. Yeah, that is um, um, that is really. Who'd tough. be in a worse position? Who'd be in a me? worse position? Oh, I, I, I think the Broncos because both teams look awful. Both teams maybe look. I'm, the Broncos were terrible last year. The Giants were good last year, so there must be something about that coaching staff. And I also think that Daniel Jones is worse than um, 
Russell, Wes Ride, Russell Wilson, Wes Ride. Yeah, I, I would agree. Only because, like, Russell Wilson this year, he hasn't been cooking, but Russell Wilson's been making midnight snacks because he's been <laughs> he's been all right. He's actually been all right. If you look at the stats, you know, look at him for fantasy, he's been all right. So Russ, he's not been there in his chef's hat at a five-star restaurant cooking in front of you, but he's been cooking up some pretty all right. He's making a pot noodle at midnight, and it's pretty yeah. good. So... <laughs> Yeah, Russell Wilson's been doing his midnight meals, yeah. and yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, snacks. you know, it's like you're saying it's not Michelin star, but it's a pot. <laughs> it's a pot noodle, and it's certainly better than. <laughs> it's certainly better than. <laughs> I can't even say. Come on, I swear. Right, so it's, you want to be a cut great that. punchline? This. No, you don't have to cut it. Just bleep what I said. <laughs> Go on. Uh, it's not even going to be that funny. It's not even going to be that funny. Yeah, he's not a Michelin star chef, but he's he's making pot noodles, and that's certainly <laughs> <laughs> say it. Come on, God, it's making me laugh. It's making me laugh. Okay, I'm not even looking at you. Go on. <laughs> Come on. This ain't even going to be funny. Now. I know it's not. <laughs> oh, I'll try it one more time. I can't get it out. I won't. <clears throat> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Come on, okay, let's yeah. let's get the right out. Type this punchline out so I can read it and I can be the judge of if it's funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, no, no. I'll say. It, I'll say. It, say. It. He's not a Michelin star chef by any stretch, uh, but he's making pot noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, just don't. We'll move on. We'll move, we'll on. move on. Move on. Yeah. Oh God. But anyway, moving to fantasy, the weekly top five players at each position, quarterback with Josh Allen, Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and Joan Hurts. Running back, McCaffrey, of course, Montgomery, Jacobs, Karen Williams, Devin A-Chain. You're also really happy if you played the likes of Pacheco, Henry, Herbert, and Kamara. Wide receiver, AJ Brown, nice to see him on here. Stefan Diggs, Nico Collins, Puka Nakua, and DJ Moore. Big games for Michael Wilson, brackets question mark, <laughs> and just Jefferson, and tight end Kmet, Mark Andrews, Johnu Smith. We saw that in person. We can we can vouch for it. That is real. He did look good. Yeah. Um, Ferguson, Ogletree, uh, Travis Kelsey, all the way down at seven. Uh, but lads, did you have a favourite fantasy performance of the weekend? Uh, I mean, I mine was Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely yeah. Yeah. miles behind in my um, matchup, and he actually got me to the point where I thought I might win, and then I lost anyway. Uh, but <laughs> forty-five points, just unbelievable. Um, he, he's a monster. He's everything I wanted him to be in, in that third pick. Obviously, you're always a bit worried about injuries, but when he's injury-free, my god, he's good. Yeah, that guy is legit. Well, he's 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 class. I Lamar Jackson. Um, it, the guy must have listened to the podcast in week one and heard us, you know, moaning about him because since week one, 22 points, 28 points, 28 points, he's really, they sort of unlocked him a little bit, which is great to see. I also, I, I you know, call me, you know, nostalgic, but it was nice to see the old heads, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, all have decent games this week. With yeah. Jacobs, Jacobs is a weird one because Jacobs had a really good game. It took him till week four last year to wake up as well. Mm. So, but yeah, it was you know those yeah. guys, you know the the fantasy football performers of yesteryear. I'll <laughs> say 
You know, Lamar Jackson, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, all having a good game. It's 2019 again. Oh, yeah. As for busts, though, lads, um, a decent few on this list. Debo, which helps me out a lot because I won in a league where um, I had three separate players leave the game with injury. Um, and I went into Sunday night needing my Seattle defense to outscore Debo Samuel. Uh, and he did by about <laughs> 28 points, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Uh, so Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddle, Jameer Gibbs, This is that's a worrying one. Mary Cooper, Tony Pollard didn't have an amazing game. TJ Hawkinson, Ramander Stevenson, Chris Olave, James Conner, Tua, disappointing game. Joe Mixon, George Kittle, Burrow again, another Bengal. Jordan Addison, Goostia, which, which is crazy. Yeah, I could have seen him being uh, a really... Heavily started play last week. Aaron Jones, Raheem Mostert, Tank Dell. The Tank Dell one is is really uh, frustrating because you don't know who to play out of him and Nico Collins, and I've never known start sit decisions to be this hard and frustrating, lads. I think this year there's more players capable of not being involved in their offenses from week to week uh, than I ever thought was possible. Mm. You know, you drafted players who you think the teams are going to rely on them every week, but that doesn't seem to be the case. And, uh, yeah, that's why those players like McCaffrey and Jefferson are so valuable this year, I suppose. I mean, some of them, you know, I'm not reading too much into. Chris Olave, I felt that in a lot of leagues. Derek Carr was injured, and you could see he was injured. They've got a bye week in week six, I think. The best thing for any of these Saints pass catchers is then benching Derek Carr this week, letting Jameis Winston throw the ball here, there and everywhere, and then get Derek Carr healthy. I'm not reading into that for Chris Olave, just an unfortunate week, really. Some might say they should have done that this previous week. <laughs> Who might say that? <laughs> we'll get. We'll, we'll come to it, we'll come to it. Um, but you know what I think these broadcasts are missing, lads? I mean, I love Greg Olson. Mm. Um, I, think, I think the commentary is missing another top quality tight end to deliver some analysis. Yeah. So I think heading to the booth should be Darren Waller. Darren Waller. The walrus, maybe he's done. Maybe he is done because it's been so disappointing. This Giants team is awful. He could share his expertise this time next year on Giants games from the booth. Any disagreements there? Um. Listen, I think... I think that's also a product of the offense and Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I was I was all about Waller in the off season. I I should have foreseen that. I forget how important the person throwing the ball is to the people catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. It just uh, it just makes me laugh how we were hearing stuff like, oh, they're having to sub Waller out because he's being targeted so much by Daniel Jones, and then. You get this. I mean, I thought it'd be injury that'd keep him out. To be fair, I thought if he was on the pitch, he'd be good, but he's just been bad. I think as well. well to be we... fair, nothing is worse yeah. for fantasy points than being targeted by Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make the same joke but worded <laughs> differently, it. so it's very got good. It. Well, it's amazing how well, quick that well, one well, came out, Al. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in terms of our player picks last week. Um, 
know, projection beaters. We felt some of those busts. I did anyway. Yeah. Um, I had a Jameis Winston who didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Roshan Johnson who may as well not have played. <laughs> I had a Tank Dell who I'm still not certain he did play. <laughs> and I had a Luke Musgrave who decided he didn't want to play. <laughs> nice. No, uh, we had Musgrave getting injured. I'll talk about him in another section coming up. Uh, the Winston one's annoying. Uh, but I, I think, I, I would argue that, no, no, you, no we're not going to give you a miss. We're not giving you a miss for it. Because Derek Carr felt, <laughs> felt as though he could play when he clearly couldn't. Yeah. Um, but the Johnson and the Dell ones, they were big swings. And maybe maybe you want Rashawn Johnson when the Bears are down or losing then uh, because, because yeah, they, they, they played. They scored a lot of points in this game and they didn't use him. So, yeah. Um, Lou, do you, want to, do you want to talk me through what happened with yours? Not really. <laughs> um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, fine game. Um he was projected 15.3, he got 16.48, you know. Um, he had an all right game, really. We saw it live. He had a fine game. Um, running back, Javonte Williams exited the game with an injury, unfortunate. Even more unfortunate when the rookie, Julio McLaughlin, comes in. I was going to say, can we has, talk about the dude that came yeah, in? Yeah, he has a nice game. So it's another one of those situations where it's like, well, surely this would have been a hit, but... Ah, well, you know, um, when I injured, nothing you can do. Jacoby Myers, I said this was a risky one because Garoppolo wasn't, was questionable for the game. I thought they were going to start Brian Hoyer and not the lad that they did start. Yeah, Jacoby Myers, two catches for 33 yards, 5.3. That was a miss. Evan Engram, though, again, another one that we saw live. He had a nice game. I thought it was nicer than 12.9 fantasy points, but, you know, seven catches, 59 yards, Fine game, not a hit, but fine game. Yeah. Um, Sharples, your picks as well last week. Couple of fine games in there. Purdy, Thielen, couple of misses in the Moss, Pitts. Um, what strategy are you going to employ this week to uh, actually pick some projection beaters uh, and get us as a podcast out of this current rut that we're in? Okay, so with tight end, I'm just picking someone who's got a very low projection and hoping that he scores a touchdown. <laughs> nice. Um, I think I might do the same. I think I might do the same. But Luke, have you got some news for us on the injury front, on the news front, on the pub front? Yes, I do. I'll start with injuries. Quite a few this week. So as I just mentioned, Giovanni Williams exited the game in sort of early on in the second quarter. I think after just two two offensive drives, hip injury. Unclear how much time he's going to miss. There's, there's, you know, people saying he might miss weeks. People saying he might not miss any time at all. I'd monitor it. He's probably going to miss this week, so monitor that. Mike Evans exited the Buccaneers game in the second quarter of a hamstring injury. He's going to have tests, but the Buccaneers are on a bye week this week, so don't expect to hear much about that until next week. T Higgins, interesting one, exited that game with a rib injury. Um, Everyone's saying, like, oh, he's going to be out for a while. Higgins himself has come out and says that he doesn't expect to miss extended time um, and apparently feels like he could even be back this week. So, yeah. Seems risky. Seems very risky, but, um, you know, keep an eye on that. Justin Herbert, um, I was watching this game. I thought it was, you know, interesting. 
Um, injured his fing- non-throwing hand, finger, middle finger, I think, in the third quarter. He like The commentators didn't really know what was going on. He came back with it bandaged up and then after the game jokingly described it as a flesh wound. No, it wasn't a flesh wound, mate. You fractured your finger on his non-throwing hand. You know, it's fine, non-throwing hand. Still, that would sort of affect, you know, getting the ball in, like, you know, shotgun formation or whatever. But Chargers are on a bye week. He should be fine. Um, Kenny Pickett, um, Steelers quarterback, if you didn't know who that was, exited his game in the third quarter with a knee injury. Initially thought that was going to be a really bad one. Turns out, bone bruise. Probably going to miss week five. Steelers on bye in week six, so... You know, they're still sure not what uh, they're still not sure what else is up with Kenny Pickett. Though we're still all trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steelers as well. Stay with them. Pat Fry move ruled out of a hamstring injury. Could miss two to three weeks. So I expect him back after the bye as well. As you mentioned, our Luke Musgrave exited Thursday night football after being evaluated for a concussion. Even though it was on Thursday night, and the Packers play this Monday night plan for him to miss you know what concussions are like plan for him to miss this week um karen williams did play the whole game for the rams but suffered a hip contusion um just something to monitor and just something i think is notable for defense because i believe i had this guy as my sort of rookie defensive player as well um christian gonzalez for the Patriots dislocated his shoulder, so he's out indefinitely. So is Matthew Judon, <clears throat> tore his bicep. So that Patriots defense, pretty beat up. And also the Bills secondary just got a, a bit weaker. Tredavious White, Achilles injuries done for the Ooh. year. Um, in terms of the pub list, the physical and able to perform list, like the deal with these guys... They're on the pup list. If they return to practice, if they're allowed to return to practice, it opens up a 21-day window for the team to activate them to the 53-man roster. Otherwise, they're done for the year. So Cooper Cup, he's going to return to practice. Great. People saying he might be playing this week. Fantastic. Jonathan Taylor is returning to practice, but still does not want to play for the Colts. So interesting situation, what they do. They're like, if he's returned to practice, but he keeps saying he doesn't want to play... There is no point them activating him. And if they don't activate Jonathan Taylor by, you know, the 24th, whatever, of October, that's Jonathan Taylor done for the year. Mm. Um, And then Kyler Murray was eligible to come back to practice, but he is not practicing. Um, You know, Josh Dobbs playing pretty hard, so don't know when Kyler Murray's going to be back. And then, not pup related, but Jameson Williams, the um, pretty hotly... um, Hot, pretty you know, hot prospect at wide receiver for the Lions has been reinstated by the NFL this week. His suspension for gambling was reduced. He's practicing this week. Very interested in this guy. Um, so if if you've got a spot and you you know and he's on waivers, I'd I'd add him. Lads, Luke, don't look at my screen. That would be cheating because you're in competition with each other in this middle section. We're a month into the new NFL season, and I want you to to guess the top five fantasy players at each position. We're going PPR scoring, we're going four-point quarterback throwing touchdown. It's quick fire. you don't have any time to obviously revise <laughs> or write these down. Lou, you can go first 
on the quarterbacks, and then Sharple second. Then we'll swap. We'll swap, uh, uh, we'll, we'll swap it round. You can get a po- you're going to get a point for each correct position. Luke, you've had your time to think. You've had your ten seconds. Tell me the top five quarterbacks on the season for fantasy football so far. In order. Yes, from five to one. Or one to five. We'll do one to five. Might be easier. One, one to five, five, one to five, one to five. Um, number one, I'm going to go Josh Allen. Two, Justin Herbert. Three, Jalen Hurts. Four, I'm, I'm pretty sure four is Jordan Love. I, I'm pretty sure I know that. And then five, I'm going to sell Lamar Jackson. Okay. The Sharples, tell me the top five. Fantasy quarterback so far this season. Um, I agree that number one, I think, is Josh Allen. Um, number two, I'm not convinced I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. I think Lamar is three. Uh, Jordan Love at four. And then I'm going to say two are at five. Well, I can tell you that Lewis scored one point in that round. Chapel scored two. One. Get it. it goes Herbert 1, Allen 2, oh. Lamar 3, Love 4, Hurts 5. Oh! Sharples ahead with two points. Okay. Uh, Sharples, go first on the running backs, please. Um, I feel like number one has to be McCaffrey. Um, Going to go McCaffrey. I think A-Chain is two. Oh, who else is there? Number three... Is there any chance Raheem Mostert is also three after scoring all those points? <laughs> I'm going to go for it. I'm going to gamble. Um, number four. Has Derek Henry done enough? I don't. Yeah, let's just go Derek Henry because for some reason I've forgotten every running back in the NFL now. Uh, and number five. He had, a, he had a big week last week. Would that be enough to get him into the top five? Maybe not, but I'm going to just say David Montgomery. Okay. Lee? Um, one McCaffrey. I think most it might be two. Um, and then I'm going to go with uh, Ken Walker. Then maybe Tony Pollard. Then A-Chan. <clears throat> Okay, so Lou got two that round. Two, one. Yes. Mm. Uh, it's McCaffrey, yeah. Mostert, Mostert, yes. Kyron Williams, oh, yeah. obviously. Kyron. A Chan, A Chan, yeah. And Ken Walker. Oh, Ken Walker though. Uh, I literally Lou, forgot go for running back. <laughs> Lou go first on the wide receivers. Um, Jefferson, and then Diggs, and then Nakua, and then. Keenan Allen and uh, um, who who else could it be? Um, Devonte Adams. Sharples. I think it's Jefferson, Diggs, and then I think Keenan Allen would be higher than Nakua because he threw that touchdown, had that big week. So I'd say Keenan Allen at three. Um, I want to say, yeah, Nakua at four and at five. I don't want to be boring, but I do think Devontae Adams has been up there. So, yeah, Devontae <clears throat> at five. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, Chapels with two Louis with one. No. We do. You know Tyreek Hill plays football. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it goes Jefferson, oh. Allen, Hill, Nakua, Diggs. Interestingly, Adam Thielen and Nico Collins currently top ten. Uh, Hill, obviously. All to play for going into okay. the last round. The tight end round. Sharples on five, Lou on four. Sharples kick us off with the top five tight ends oh, so God. far this right. season. I know, he, I know he did. I'm even going to help you both out okay. by saying, although he's second in points per game, because Kelsey missed the first game, Kelsey isn't in this top isn't. five. Okay. I'm going to help you both out. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, right, I think it's a... In that case, I'm pretty sure Sam Laporta is currently sitting at one. I know he's had a good start. Um, Mark Andrews had a really big week, and he oh he also missed week one though, so I, I guess he won't be in. So I'm gonna go Laporta um, at two. Oh no, I don't think. I'm going to go Jake Ferguson. I think he's been quite consistent, but whether he's number two. Um, number three, is George Kittle done enough? Yeah, I'm going to go George Kittle, number three. Number four, um, Pierre Guess, uh, Evan Ingram, and number five, Hunter Henry. Mm. Hello. Um I fought in the war with TJ Hawkinson for a long time, oh so I'm going to say TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson. Oh <laughs> and then I'm going to go Sam Laporta, and then I'm going to try uh, what type? Kittle? Has Kittle had an alright game? Then Engram, and then uh, and then. Ferguson. Okay. Sharples, I thought I thought you'd just snuck it there because you did get one point with Evan Engram, which put you on six overall, Evan Engram at four. But Lou coming in clutch with three points oh! <laughs> in the final Hawkinson. round. Hawkinson, La- Hawkinson won, Laporta two. Yes. Cole Komet. Komet! Wow. No. Evan Engram four, Mark Andrews five. Oh, Lou. And we Kevin. always knew you loved tight ends. Yes. We knew yes, it. Yes, I do, I do. Um, what that exercise was supposed to display is the craziness that is fantasy football. Uh, you know, you look at those rankings a month into the season. <sighs> um, that is mental. Well, it's worth time. Players that are rostered in less than 50% of ESPN leagues who we think you should pick up and either play or stash on your bench uh, because they are... Too valuable for fantasy to be left on the waiver wire. Uh, I'll start us off, lads. I'm going to go Luke Musgrave. He's still out there in most leagues. And look, people are going to see the 1.1 this week and either leave Musgrave on the waiver wire or maybe even drop him. That would be a huge mistake. You should pick him up because he has proven to be a talented tight end who's involved in meaningful ways for this offense. So go and grab him. He's out there. 
And I'm also going to say Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, uh, I think Hubbard could carve out a role in this offense. Sanders has been banged up, okay, but he's also really struggled early in his Carolina career. This split work this past week, and all it takes is Hubbard to have a big game to make him the guy in Carolina and in this current running back landscape. Uh, you need those players. Uh, I've also written, lads, Josh Dobbs of a question mark. What <laughs> do you two think of the prospect of picking up and possibly streaming Josh Dobbs on this uh, first bye week of the season. Depends. It depends who else is available. Like he's definitely not the worst option, but there's better ones out there. I think. Mm. Who's your waiver heads, Lou? Uh, I got Romeo Dobbs, thirty-three point nine percent rostered uh, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Listen, thirteen targets this week, even with Christian Watson back. Twelve the week before. He's a reliable target for Jordan Love. And I've gone CJ Stroud. He's one of the quarterbacks you could pick up instead of Josh Dobbs, uh, available in 30.7%. Multiple passing touchdowns in the past three games, multiple games with 300 passing yards. Uh, I think he's a really good replacement if you know your QB, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Geno Smith, if any of them are your quarterback and you need one coming into this, this week, CJ Stroud's a good pickup. Uh, waivers, Chapels? Yeah, uh, I've gone for a guy who I was uh, surprised at how available he is. He's only rostered in uh, 24.6% of leagues. It's um, tight end for the Cowboys, uh, Jake Ferguson. Um, obviously not going to get the heights with a, as you are with like a, a Kelsey and Andrews or a Hawkinson, but he's not really consistent. He's had seven targets in uh, three of his, his first four games and uh, looked, looked very steady the past few weeks. Um, and then I've gone for a bit of a shot in the dark on this one and obviously we were... Um, bemoaning the Giants' offense, and and it is still completely valid. But Wondell Robinson's coming back from a mm-hmm. nasty ACL injury, um, and he looked quite interesting to me last season. Uh, this this Giants wide receiver room is certainly up for grabs, and I, I know that it'd still be targets from Daniel Jones. But if he can be the number one option, um, then he might see a reasonable amount of volume. He's had five and six targets respectively. Uh, hopefully that'll increase and uh, he's only rostered in 1.5% of leagues so he's certainly out there to be got yeah some some good waiver pickups there 1-0 Robinson with quite a nice game actually last night uh, and Jake Ferguson uh, according <coughs> to you two top 5 tight end on the season oh yeah <laughs> should be well let's look ahead to week 5 Week five also means we've got bye weeks. We've got the Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Buccaneers on bye weeks. Remember to check those teams, check those lineups, and search for some quarterbacks if you need a streamer. Looking at it realistically, the Geno Smith owners, the Justin Herbert owners are going to be looking for streamers. Other teams, not so much. <laughs> but we always start looking ahead at the new fantasy week in the same way by looking at players who are in your lineup no matter what you don't even think about it you just say forget about it quarterback forget about it's this week we've got Jalen Hurts Pat Mahomes Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson forget about it running backs McCaffrey of course Tony Pollard stick with it Bijan Robinson Raheem Mostert he should be better Kyron Williams Forget about it. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, Jamar Chase, yeah, you're going to have to. 
AJ Brown and CD Lamb. Forget about it! Not the year for the wide receiver twos this year yet, like it was last year, is it? Mm. Uh, tight end, Kelsey Hogginson, Andrews, Kittle, LaPorta. Forget about it! <clears throat> and on to our projection beaters. Players that we think are going to outscore their ESPN projections this next week, so you should think about starting them in your leagues if you want value at that position and you want some good points. Let's start the wide receiver this week and we'll start with Alex Sharples. Um, I've gone for uh, Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins. Um, if He's not a forget about it, is he? No. No? Uh, no. I mean, yeah, I was, no, I, no. I'd have been surprised if he was because obviously not, not started off the season uh, brilliantly. Um, but obviously... Still coming back off a, off a, you know, a little bit of an injury, and um, I just think that this this Dolphins offense is too potent for him to not not start getting involved. He's going to be going up against the Giants this week. I think it's probably going to be another shellacking. I'm hoping for another at least <laughs> forty plus points for the Dolphins, and his projection is only thirteen point five. You know, I think. I think they'll be trying to get him sort of a bit more involved in the offense like he was last season. I think this is the game to do it. I'm hoping for 10 targets. I want eight receptions. I want 100 yards and I want a touchdown. And uh, I think he can do it quite easily, if I'm being honest. Nice, nice. Good to hear that boost of confidence for general Waddle owners as well, I'm sure. I'm going to go Michael Pittman Jr., Projected 13 points against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'm back to basics this week, lads. Good players in good matchups. Um, now, I'm going to speak about the Titans' run uh, rush defense in regard to another player that I'm going to pick. Um, it's pretty good, basically. Uh, but the pass defense, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, they ranked 27th, and Pittman has had a pretty good start to the season. It was a down week this past week, sure. Uh, and as things stands, the Colts' offense isn't exactly pass happy, but Richardson can play and he can sling it. Uh, I'm a huge Anthony Richardson fan, as I mentioned before, and I thought he played amazing against the Rams. If the Colts got Pittman more involved versus the Rams, then I think it's potentially a different result. So the Colts, they'll be looking to carry some of that momentum from the second half on into this divisional game against the Titans and getting Pittman more involved is clearly an area for improvement and an area that I expect them to address this week. So Michael Pittman is in my lineup. Lou? I'm going to go... This <laughs> might seem like a dart throw, but I'm going to give some reasons as to why. I, I think it's a bit more strategic than that. I'm going to go Rashi Rice, the wide receiver for the Chiefs, rookie wide receiver, um, projected 9.6. By no means has he broken out or blown up yet at all. Um, he's had two okay fancy games in week one and three. But his role in the Chiefs offense is growing and becoming a bit more solid. Uh, he's led the Chiefs uh, wide receivers in targets the past two games, uh, second to only Travis Kelsey on the team in that span. Um, and he's maintained around a 50% passing down snap percentage, which might not seem like a lot, but bear in mind, passing down snap percentage, his was below 30% in the first two weeks. So big increase, increase of 20% the past two games. He's also maintaining a targets per route run percentage of 32.1 on the season, meaning, yeah, he might not be getting as many targets as 
a lot of other wide receivers, but when he's out there, Mahomes is targeting Rice on almost one in every three of the routes that Rice runs. So the dude's obviously demanding targets. If we see the passing snap percentage and routes run go up, we could see a serious breakout from Rice. And and this week's as good as any. You know, Chiefs facing the Vikings in a game with a 53-point over-under, biggest of the week. It's a great matchup for Chiefs wide receivers. Vikings have allowed over 40 fantasy points a game to opposing wide receivers, as well as the third-most receiving yards and joint second-most touchdowns to wide receivers. We know this Vikings defense is poor, but we also know the offense. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, they can score points. So hopefully this is one that the Chiefs need to compete in, need to put up plenty of points. And in that case, I'm betting on Rice to outscore that 9.6 projection and have the best game of his career so far. Shapples, take us to the tight ends. <clears throat> oh, scraping the barrel already. So as I previously mentioned, um, my strategy is to pick someone with a, a low pro- uh, low projection uh, and banking him getting a touchdown or even just a reception because if he gets a reception then he won't be a miss for me this week uh, so I've gone for Hayden Hurst uh, tight end of the <laughs> Carolina Panthers projected a mighty 5.3 points um, going up against uh, a Detroit team that's given up the second most points to fantasy tight ends um, uh, as it stands and so yeah let's hope he can just have a a measly one catch for three yards, and then he won't be a bust. I think that's a good pick, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid, projected 8.2 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, He's a talented player, and out of the two tight ends, him and Dawson Knox, he's clearly the one that the Bills want to use in the passing game more. We just saw Johnny Smith uh, rip the Jacksonville defence to shreds uh, in two tight end sets. You know, you'd think that they would throw it to Kyle Pitts, but no, it was going to Johnny Smith. So if the Buffalo Bills want to put two tight ends out there, I think they're going to throw it to Dalton Kincaid, and I think he's going to have uh, have a nice game this weekend. I'm hoping. Luke, I'm going to go Zach Ertz, projected nine point eight, averaging over seven targets a game, um, eight point four fantasy points a game. That's fine for a tight end. Facing the Bengals defence, who are giving up 12.6 fantasy points to the position, as well as three touchdowns on the season to tight end. So hopefully, Ertz can exploit that and get his first touchdown of the year. Nice, nice. Uh, let's do running back, Sharples. Okay, uh, running back this week. I've gone for a man that, I think it was two weeks ago, I was completely denouncing and saying that you need to trade him. Uh, but since then, he's had two pretty solid weeks. Um, uh, it's Damian Pierce running back uh, for the Houston Texans um, started off really poorly um, but he's come out with 15 and 12 points respectively the last couple of weeks he's projected um, 12.4 I think in this matchup against the Falcons I've been I've been surprisingly impressed with the with the Texans offense and I think I think they might sort of score a few early touchdowns and hopefully that'll mean the, that they're going to run the ball. I mean, he's completely outworking Singletary. That's not the issue. It's just been game script so far. But he got 24 carries last week against um, Pittsburgh for 81 yards. I think if he gets those kind of numbers against a softer uh, defense in the Falcons, then it should mean points. Obviously, with Pierce, you're always hoping for that goal line carry, similar to what David Montgomery uh, did last week, getting three touchdowns for a combined about six yards. Um, that might be... Uh, that might be reaching a little bit, but with a uh, 12.4 p- uh, projection this week, I think he can beat it. 
Nice, nice. I'm going to go Joe Mixon. Uh, a healthy 14.7 projection at Arizona. Yeah, we're worried about the Bengals on the whole. But am I worried about Mixon's usage? Not in the slightest. It was a bad week this past week, but it was a bad matchup too. I mentioned the Tennessee defense in terms of passing, but they're a good rush defense than they have been for a number of years. Uh, he gets Arizona this week, which is a far nicer matchup. Uh, what you might call the prototypical get-right matchup for Cincinnati. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't care if the passing game gets right or not because I think Mixon has a really good game regardless. Um, the Cardinals just let McCaffrey go for almost 200 all-purpose yards against them. And okay, Joe Mixon is not Christian McCaffrey. Sorry to break it to you. But a minimum of 14 carries against a soft defense on what should be a high-powered offense is just too good to turn down. Um if the Bengals don't get it right this week and their offense pieces, uh, their offensive pieces are still bad, then um, yeah, we're gonna worry. But I'm gonna say that Joe Mixon has a nice game. I'm gonna go Brian Robinson Jr. Projected 14 points, running back for the Commanders. He's been matchup proof this season. Uh, just had a solid game against the Eagles' run defense. Not a huge fantasy scoring day the week before, but rushed for seven yards per carry against the Bills, which is ridiculous. He's the clear leader in the backfield. You know, 61 attempts to Gibson's 13. Um, even seven targets, and Antonio Gibson's only had 10. So this is Brown Robinson's backfield. Um, and he's the RB8 through four games, which is very solid. Um, and a great matchup this week. Come on. I know his projection's a high one, but he's against the Burrs, who just this past week gave up 105 total yards and a touchdown to Jaleel McLaughlin. So, you know, no offence, Jaleel, but who? So, um, you know, the Burrs giving up 30 points a game to the running backs. Betting odds have the commanders favoured by 6.5 points, so the game script goes as expected. Commanders run game should see a lot of work. Robinson's been getting it done against good teams and solid defences, and this week he plays the Burrs, so it should be a walk in the park. Start to round us off with the quarterback <clears throat> shuffles. Yeah, well, if um, if some of the reports I'm hearing are true, this guy's going to be ready to suit up against Denver, so we're going to go Aaron Rodgers, uh, quarterback for the Jet now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm going, for, uh, I'm going for Jared Goff. Um, I think... This one's sort of a play in the projections type pick because he seems very low down at 14.7. Uh, he's around the likes of Ryan Tannehill and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I think he was just a little bit unlucky last week, the fact that obviously they kept they kept getting all the way up there to the red zone and then you know David Montgomery would run it in from a from a couple of yards out. I think I think he could have had a, a few more touchdowns in that one. And that's just what I'm, I'm banking him to do against uh, Carolina uh, without... Um, Without a really good cornerback in JC Horn, I think that, I think they're there to be attacked. Uh, I think he's going to add a couple of touchdowns to his game last week, so a couple of hundred yards, two or three touchdowns. I think that'll easily be his projection of fourteen point seven. Nice, and I'm going to go for a player that Lou mentioned in the waiver section, CJ Stroud, rookie quarterback of the Texans, projected sixteen point seven at Atlanta. Um, yeah, I really need a hit. I really need a hit, so I'm going with one of the form guys in the entire league at the minute, Strode. He's currently in elite company with the stats that Lou alluded to earlier. 
you know, 300, averaging 300 plus yards and not for an interception through the first games of his career. Only some of the greats have done that, like Peyton Manning. Um, you name the rest. Troy Aikman. <laughs> Troy Aikman, no. Uh, Peyton Manning is one of the names. There's only about two or three others. Uh, but he's on a historic trajectory, basically. Um, he really does look the part. He gets Atlanta this week. Uh, in another game that the Texans, I think, will find to themselves to win, Atlanta's completely, absolutely middle of the pack in terms of defence against quarterbacks for fantasy. So there isn't much to read into there. I'm just playing the hot hand. I, I have to at the minute. I'm playing the hot hand, and he's he's gone two touchdown, two touchdown, two touchdown. Let's see, yes, three this week. Oh, I'm going to round it out with Jordan Love, projected 18.2. Quarterback four on the season, as I rightly guessed before, averaging 21.3 fantasy points per game. He's had eight passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns over four games. Been very solid. Uh, if I was a Packers fan, I'd be breathing a sigh of relief. Not not saying he's you know going to be Rodgers' five level, but he's, he's definitely a good NFL quarterback, capable of leading the team to victories and, and running a good offense. His weapons are healthier now. You know, Christian Watson's back. Uh, Dobbs has been a strong target. Rookie Jaden Reed, who's had a decent rapport with Love, has looked all right. Um, as well as impressive rookie tight end Musgrave, but Musgrave might miss this week. Uh, but still, the weapons are there. Coming up against a Raiders defense this week, who are allowing 20.4 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, Las Vegas has allowed eight passing touchdowns, which is fourth most in the league. They've also given up two rushing touchdowns so far to quarterbacks. As I said, Love already has two. Um, we've seen that John Love has a strong floor for fantasy, even in last week's loss to Lions, where he was picked off twice, still had 17 fantasy points. You know, in a game against the Raiders, where I feel like the Packers will be able to put up points and win uh, against a defence that only has one defensive turnover on the season, one, 18.2 fancy points. Surely that's a gimme for Love. Yeah, and they're all going to be hits, lads. I'm saying it this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to go four for four for four. That would be 16. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be 12. It wouldn't be 12. <laughs> well, you ruined it already, Lou. <laughs> Sharpies, save us. Save us with the game tier list. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I think we've got... A- a good few contenders um, for toilet bowl this season again, here boys. Uh, but I'm going to read them off. Let me uh, let me let me get your thoughts on them. So we've got Commanders and the Bears. We've got the Patriots, Saints, Colts, Titans, Cardinals, Bengals, and Broncos, Jets. Mm. Um, I think the Cardinals, Bengals could be an interesting game, but yeah, on paper, not good. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't justify it with the with the Bengals. I mean, they've just been so bad so far. They've been yeah. full so many weeks yeah. that I had to put them in there. Uh, but moving into yeah. the meh category, we've got the Steelers against the Ravens, uh, the Lions against the Panthers, Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, Giants, and Raiders, Packers. Is yeah. Dolphins, Giants just in there because you're expecting a, a a complete blowout? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Agreed. I, I'm at, at this current moment disappointed with the Falcons on the season so far. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got four left 
two split into the great, two split into the good. For the good, I've got the Jaguars against the Bills. Just not entirely sure. I mean, the, the Jags obviously used to London being there for the past week. Yeah. With the Bills, you never know what you're going to get. So I've knocked them down a little tier. So I've got Jags, Bills, and also the Rams against the Eagles. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for the Rams, Eagles. A bit of an NFC showdown with that game and one that you're going to mention in a minute. But I, I would be very intrigued at the Eagles, Rams. A, a game that, dare I say, I think the Rams have a chance to win. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and then to finish off, two great. One of them, I'm a little bit more uh, more hope than actual certainty that it's going to be good. But I've gone for the Vikings and Chiefs because when they're both on it, yeah. two really good offences. And the yeah. final game really should be in a tier of its own, um, similar to the Bills-Dolphins last week. It's the 49ers versus the Cowboys. Oh yeah, oh, what are we thinking? Yeehaw. What are we thinking there? No, that's a test. That's a real test. Um Two teams that should really be 4-0 uh, if it wasn't for the cheating, cheating Cardinals. The Cowboys <laughs> would be. Um, oh, I, I don't know. You, you, as a Cowboys fan, you, you're, used to, you're used to them shrinking in these sort of games, unfortunately. And uh, am I right in saying it's at the 49ers? <laughs> it is, so, yeah, it's, you it's, know, yeah. it's not the track meet that it's going to be up front for the Cowboys' uh, defensive line. They're, they're a bit slower on grass, whereas, you know, um, blinking you'll miss them on uh, on the field at, at Jerry World. So, yeah, I think script-wise, if we're talking about the NFL script, that has the Cowboys losing because the defence is just a little bit slower. But I think that's going to do us, chaps. For another week, are we excited to see the Cowboys nervous win Sharples yeah. this week? <laughs> um, I, I think they might win, you know. Um, I, I think 49ers are a better team and I think they'll finish with a better record, but I could see the Cowboys doing them even though it's not at the Lone Star Arena. I think the Cowboys could do them as well, um, which would make it all the bitter, all the more bitter, I should say, when they eventually lose to them in the playoffs. Because yeah, it'd no. be like, we've just beat this team this year. We just beat the snot out of them. <laughs> Cowboys to win in a blowout. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but I would definitely take the minus one on the Colts to beat the Titans. I think the, I think that's going to be the surprise blowout of the weekend. I think the Colts are going to just trample them. Okay. Yeah, that's my call this week. Uh, who would it... who would find, closing thought for everybody listening as well? If Anthony Richardson and Derek Henry ran straight at each other, who runs over who? Um, interesting question. I feel like Anthony Richardson's taller, but Derek Henry's wider. Mm. So, which one of those wins? In a head, on just who head. runs over who? Who ends up on their ass, and the other one just runs straight oh, over him? That's so hard. Sharples. Well, Derek Henry is a shed with legs, so would you back Anthony Richardson to run through a shed? Is what you have to ask yourself. I don't Probably. think he could. I think he might get through the door, but he wouldn't get through the back wall. So therefore, Derek Henry. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go Anthony Richardson to give you the tiebreaker. I pose the question, I don't answer the question. You have to do the tiebreaker. I would go... Um, uh, I'd go Derek Henry. Just No, 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 I'd go Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, he's a younger guy, he's got the nothing youth. to lose. He's got nothing to lose. Derek Henry um, doesn't either, though. Anthony Richardson's got, Richardson's got youth on his side. He does. Um, 
No, I think when push comes to shove, I think Henry. Well, wait until Sunday and we'll see these two players that are going to never be on the field <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy week five. Goodbye. Let's see you. Bye bye.